Welcome to Novel Pairings, a podcast dedicated to making the classics readable, relevant, and fun. Each episode, we'll discuss one classic book and share some recommendations for more contemporary reads that feature similar themes. As two nerdy bookworms, we appreciate the role of classic lit, but we won't get too academic about it. We'll talk about the books we love and the books we loathe, and help stock your TBR pile with old and new reads for every literary taste. Listeners, we would love to get to know you better. Follow us on Instagram at Novel Pairings Pod for more book recommendations and conversations. If you're loving the podcast, please subscribe to Novel Pairings wherever you listen to podcasts and write a review on Apple Podcasts to help other bookworms find our show. We received a lovely review from a listener recently who said, A positive to come from this quarantine has been my renewed attention to reading. Novel pairings came at just the right time. Their easy intellectual conversations about the classics makes me glad teachers like them exist in our world, while their enthusiastic pairing recommendations make my inner nerd stand up and clap. Thanks for this, ladies. It's been a shining star in my quarantine. Thank you so much for that review, Lindsay. It really made our day to read that sweet, sweet review. It did, and that's kind of the perfect review to get us started today with our very academic, pseudo-academic maybe, theme of our episode. Yes, this is one of our TBR toppling episodes, and we are talking about campus novels, partly because they just go so well with the fall season, but mostly because we know that this back-to-school season is weird for students, teachers, parents, everyone, (laughs) as we navigate this season during a pandemic. So we can go back to school safely if we read books that take us back to campus and take place at school, revolve around learning or academia, and just these books that sort of give us that fresh school supply, sharpen pencils feeling without actually stepping foot in a classroom. Yes, I know I'm going to be picking up a campus novel or two this fall because for me, this will be the first time in my whole life, maybe, that fall hasn't meant back to school. And it's weird. I mean, I'm I'm excited in many ways, but I know that I'll be craving that feeling. Definitely. I, I'm teaching a couple of online classes, and it's just not the same feeling. No. I think any teachers listening will relate. We would much rather um, have the regular learning experience and an easier time building relationships with our students in person. But yeah, it's it's going to feel weird. And I think that it might feel weird for people who, you know, don't have kids in school or aren't in school themselves as teachers or students, because I think for a lot of people, fall feels like back to school, even if they're far removed from their school days. Oh, yeah, I, I think so. And It's kind of a second new year for a lot of people. Like it's a time to, I feel this way, it's a time to kind of take stock of the year and it feels like starting over almost or a chance to reprioritize some things. So I I always love that feeling and I'm guessing no matter what I do in my life and in my future, fall is going to feel that way to me. Mm-hmm. I wholeheartedly agree. I always get a planner that starts with 
September. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Yeah, I I always get the school year planner. So I'm in a fresh planner now, which I love, of course. Oh, that's such a good feeling. So Sarah, this topic is something I think you are more of an expert in than I am. Well, I've certainly read campus novels. I enjoy them. They're not necessarily something I have actively sought out in my reading life, but it seems like you really gravitate towards them. So I would love to hear your thoughts on campus novels and why they appeal to you so much. I've been trying to think about this and I don't know if I have settled on just the right answer yet, but I do know, and I'll be sharing this book in our episode, that there was a book I read as a kid that took place at a boarding school that just kind of sparked my imagination and made me really not necessarily want to go to boarding school, although I'm sure I said that many times as a kid that I wanted to, but just this interest in these places where kids were more, kids and teens were more independent and weren't living at home. And it seems like all of these boarding school books I read had really high levels of academics and were really rigorous, but also there was this whole social scene that I was completely unfamiliar with as a kid who was not at boarding school. And that just really interested me when I was younger. And then I think just being somebody who loves to learn, that nostalgia for a time in my life like college or grad school where my job was just to learn. I like seeking that feeling out. I really like books that take place in college. I think that maybe it's just the age that I am that, you know, I read YA and when I read a book with teenagers, often I think of my students or, yeah. you know, kids that I taught. But when I th- read a book that takes place in college, it really takes me back to that time for myself. And I have a lot of nostalgia for those years because I loved my college experience so much. So I I love that feeling of being back on campus, basically. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we have tons of books on this list today. I will say some of these are campus novels in the traditional sense of, I think the, you know, if we were to have a dictionary definition of campus novel, it would be a book that takes place on a college campus. But there's a mix of boarding school books in here and maybe even some books that, you know, briefly take place on campus, but also branch out a little bit farther. And so... Partly, that's to add some more variety, and also in order to make sure that there's a little bit more diversity of genre, of author background, and experiences on this list, because campus novels are really, really traditionally white. Yes, that is very true. It's not a particularly diverse genre, especially when we're thinking about classic campus novels or older books. And I I think there are probably a lot of reasons for that. One of which, of course, being that a lot of the campuses of the campus novel were closed to people of color and closed for, to women historically. And I, I even sometimes question my like, 
nostalgia for these books and like how how to reckon with that kind of and how even now many college campuses maybe for nerdy white privileged girls like myself are these glorious places of freedom and exploration but that is perhaps not the case for for everyone so I think that is definitely something to consider for campus novels and also I I like that we're going to broaden our definition a bit because I think one of the things probably we both like in a campus novel is the learning element and that doesn't have to be on a campus. That's really true. I think that books can really celebrate creativity and intellect and learning in fabulous ways without mentioning school at all, but they might follow some of the same themes as campus novels because so often the the learning that takes place on campus, you know, Sometimes it's in the background of a campus novel and it has nothing to do with the rest of the book. And sometimes it's threaded throughout and it really influences the characters. And I'm just really geeky and I love to learn. <laughs> I love books where I love books where the characters are learning, whether that is in a school setting or not. Yes, absolutely. I also, as we were putting together this list, just noticed how dark many of these books are. And that's got me questioning and just curious as well, because I've said the word nostalgia so many times already Mm -hmm. in the first few minutes of this episode, but a lot of these books actually seem to be looking at like the darker underbelly of these closed, privileged communities, which is another interesting thing to note. Yeah, campus novels often have like there are secret societies or there are really dark secrets or I mean so many universities do have really dark secrets and horrible histories to them I don't know I mean a lot of these dark campus novels were maybe written prior to those histories really being in our consciousness but yeah do you think they're so dark because they go hand in hand with gothic literature I think that's trying to think of why I think that is a big part of it. I do think, I mean, man, now I just really want to like <laughs> study this <laughs> because I I would think there's probably also a difference between British campus novels and American campus mm-hmm. novels and what they're trying to do. And I do think that a lot of the American campus novels on this list are maybe trying to tug at that like American nostalgia, but what are we really nostalgic for? So it's often Mm. like older characters looking back and reflecting on their times on a campus and the freedom and joys that they had, but then there's like this dark secret. (laughs) So, but I do think you're right that, especially maybe for British campus novels, there's that tie to the Gothic. I don't know. I'm just... I hadn't thought about this before, so (laughs) this is not a well-researched opinion that I am professing right now. (laughs) I know, but leave it to us to have an idea. Yeah, we have have to to theorize. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So two things that I was thinking of. One, there's also that seasonal element of campus novels almost 
inevitably take place in fall and winter and those are the dark seasons Mm. so if you're going to write a novel with a lot of imagery and detail and where you know the scenery matches the mood and all of that then you're going to match the time of year with the tone of the book and then these really are all British and American campus novels so I I haven't read a campus novel about what it would look like in Japan for going back to school or um, South Africa. So I now that makes me intrigued about how maybe some campus novels from around the world might be so different in tone. Um, is it is it even a genre for you know world lit? I I'm so curious about that now. <laughs> yeah, me too. Okay, should we start with some classic campus novels? Yeah, I think so. We might as well just throw them out there. I think when people think campus novel, the quintessential one many, many readers think of is The Secret History by Donna Tartt. So we won't go into that one too much here, but it really has all of the tropes of a campus novel that people tend to love. There's a dark secret you learn at the beginning of the book that something horrible has happened and you spend the rest of the book piecing that together There is a charismatic professor who demands a lot from his students to the point of obsession and definitely boundary crossing. There's a lot of learning, though. These are the group of students who is featured in The Secret History are studying the classics. And so there's a lot about mythology and philosophy, which, of course, as everyone knows, I love. (laughs) But... Not just studying it, but living it and what the ramifications of that sort of obsessive learning might be. This is a great one if you haven't picked it up, but you do like the campus novel. Most readers tend to love this book. Of course, that's not true for everyone, but it's one of those books where you see a lot of the roots of campus novels in this book. She's both reaching back to even more classic books and then a lot of other people who write campus novels post Donna Tart put a lot of of her tropes in there as well I think this one was published in 1992 so it's like a modern classic but it's the first to come to mind for many people when they hear campus novel the only classic campus novel that I thought to mention is one that I am hoping to read this season I haven't read it yet but it's Crossing to Safety by Wallace Stegner. And I am really excited to read this, partly because it starts in Madison, Wisconsin, and two of the characters are professors. And I grew up in Wisconsin. That's home for me, so I like reading novels set there. And it's beautiful in the fall. And the two central couples of this book move between Vermont and Wisconsin, both places that are simply gorgeous seasonally. So I think that that would be fun to just wrap myself up in that world. And it's kind of a quiet book about friendship and relationships and family. And I think it just sounds really, really appealing for getting a hot cup of tea and wrapping up with a blanket and reading it. Yeah, that that's been on my list for a while too. And I I like the idea of a cozier 
more quiet campus novel for right now without the murder and treachery and betrayal (laughs) and all of that. And also the focus is on the professors, not the students, which I don't think you often get in a campus novel. Yeah, that's so true. Speaking of professors, another classic campus novel that I love. I'm calling this a campus novel. Most of it actually takes place off a campus, but this is Possession by A.S. Byatt, and it's about two scholars of literature who uncover a potential relationship between two Victorian poets. So our scholars are contemporary. I believe it takes place in the 1980s, and they're researching and trying to get to the bottom of this newly discovered correspondence between these poets. And I love a literary mystery. It goes back and forth in time between the Victorian poets and the scholars doing this research. I love the learning element. I love the relationship element. There are a lot of love stories here. It's really beautiful. It's not, I think it sounds often appealing if you love like Kate Morton books and it does have some of those elements, but it is much slower and pretty dense. This one won the Booker Prize, so it's very much like the prose is very important to the book and (laughs) A.S. Byatt wrote poems in the voice of these Victorian poets, so those are interspersed throughout. I did not read every word of every poem when I was reading this book. I think that's totally fine. For that reason, I think you have to be careful if you decide to pick it up on paper versus audio, because if you're listening on audio, you're more like trapped into listening to to all of those poems. I, I have a friend who said she couldn't read the book at all, but then she picked it up on audio and loved it. So I think it, it totally depends on you as a reader. But this is one of my all-time favorites, and... If you love a a dense book about books, this one might be for you. That's all I really have to say about classics. Unless you do you want to run through a couple of your other ones? I think the only one I'll refer to here's a separate piece by John Knowles. I haven't read this since high school, so I don't have a ton to say about it, but I do think it is kind of the cornerstone of American campus novels. It's Kind of what I was for referring to about the like nostalgia, but also the dark secret and what that maybe symbolizes about America. So I am actually interested in maybe picking this one up again, not because I think I will love and adore it, but because I like thinking about those those things and love seeing some of the roots of a genre. So other than that, I think we should move into our campus mysteries. This is my jam. (laughs) (laughs) There are so many campus mysteries. They're so good. Okay, I would love to start with one campus mystery that revolves around a group of students studying Shakespeare. So it's extra literary and... I really liked this one, If We Were Villains by M.L. Rio. Have you read this one, Sarah? Yeah, I really liked this. We know from the beginning that Oliver Marks, 
just served 10 years in jail for a murder that we are unsure of whether or not he committed. So we know at the beginning a murder happened, he served some time, and so the rest of the book sort of goes back to what exactly happened a decade ago. There are these really complex relationships among the young actors, and Shakespeare plays a really significant role in this book, maybe even more than I thought he would when I picked it up, but his works are woven throughout in order to contribute to the mystery and the drama, and as as someone who took theater classes in college, I just ate this up, and it was, I felt like it was a pretty page-turning mystery as well. Yeah, I really enjoyed this one as well. And I, again, book about books, the scholarly element. I think you're so right about how Shakespeare features so prominently. It's not just a throwaway that they're studying Shakespeare. It really matters. Yeah, I I loved this one. All right. What other mysteries do you have to recommend for us? So Gaudy Night by Dorothy Sayers is one of the books I read before I went to do my Oxford program because it was listed on like the best book set in Oxford. So it's a Peter Whimsey mystery. So Dorothy Sayers wrote a whole series of mysteries and she's considered like one of the classic mystery writers. So Lord Peter Whimsey is this gentleman detective, but occasionally Sayers would actually feature a woman named Harriet Vane as more of the detective figure in her book. And Harriet and Lord Peter Whimsey had kind of a will they or won't they relationship throughout the series. And this one takes place when Harriet goes back for like a college reunion at Oxford, but at the all-girls campus uh, and or the all-girls college it takes place, I think, in the 1930s. And people, somebody has been like tormenting the professors. There's no murder or anything, but someone's leaving threatening notes for all of these female professors. And Harriet Vane is trying to figure out who is doing this. And I loved this book. The mystery was fun. I liked Lord Peter Whimsey. He comes in at some point, and I liked the banter between him and Harriet. But I just, it's so immersive. It really felt like being on this campus and learning about little things like who cooks the meals for these huge dinners that they have every night and who's cleaning the rooms and what is it like to live day in and day out as both a professor and a student at Oxford in the 30s. It is so fun, so immersive, a great kind of armchair travel book if you're longing for that. Yeah, I, I think you would like this one a lot, Chelsea. It, it's a little bit slower paced at the beginning, but then when you really get into the setting and the plot, it picks up. I'm always here for banter. Yes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, how about you? Do you have any more mysteries for us? I do. Um, one that I really like, and this is part of a series, which I think is always fun, is A Study in Charlotte by Brittany Cavallaro. And this is a retelling of Sherlock Holmes mysteries. But instead of Sherlock and Watson, we have the great, great 
maybe another great in there, grandchildren (laughs) of the famous characters. And so Charlotte Holmes, she very much takes after her ancestor. She is impulsive and genius and makes rash decisions. And then Jamie Watson, again, very much takes after his (laughs) ancestor. And the families are not close. So over the years and decades, they have grown apart. There's a lot of tension there. And so Jamie is sort of warned about not hanging out with Charlotte when they end up at the same boarding school together. So then one of their classmates ends up dead and they're both sort of cast into suspicion. And so they have to team up and solve the mystery. So this is a really fun spin on the mysteries and also takes place on campus for part of the book. I think that they romp around a bit, but I think that the rest of the series also deals with some stuff on campus as well. Okay, do you have any other ones for us? Quickly, I'll mention the historian. If you like If We Were Villains, if you like A Secret History, The Historian by Elizabeth Kostova is so good. It's about two two or three scholars who are studying Vlad the Impaler, who is like the historical precursor to the Dracula myths. And there's a lot of questions about is Dracula real or not? And there's this whole quest. They go gallivanting across Eastern Europe. It starts, of course, in a library where the researcher Paul is going to his study carol. I love any time a character goes to a study carol. <laughs> <laughs> and finds this handmade book that he did not check out on his carol. It is wild and fascinating, and it's a big, chunky book. Definitely good to curl up with. I feel like we need to mention The Likeness by Tana French because that's a mutual favorite. And totally. I think the Irish setting only contributes to the dark mystery feel, and it's such a good book. And have you read Catherine House by Elizabeth Thomas? I started it, but I haven't finished it. I would like to pick it up again. I have it on my shelf, and I really want to read it. I've heard mixed reviews. But I, I'm excited to see what she does with the campus novel and her updates. Totally. To, to me, this one, not plot-wise, but kind of the main character and narrator felt kind of YA, just in the like angsty coming-of-ageness of it, which I, I didn't dislike. It just when I picked it up, that's not what I was expecting. So... I think if I go in more with that in mind, then I am really going to like that one. All right. Speaking of angsty teens. <laughs> young adult. We do, we do have some young adult campus novels. There's one on this list you've mentioned several times on the podcast. If people haven't picked it up yet, this is their <laughs> chance. <laughs> yes. If you have not yet picked up The Disreputable History of Frankie Landau Banks by E. Lockhart, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I love this book so much. Again, I need to give a shout out to my friend Allison, Allison Punch. She's at Allison Reads DC on Instagram. 
she said this was her favorite book she read in high school. And so I read it and then immediately put it into my women in lit curriculum. And even though I'm not teaching that this year, it's going to remain in the curriculum, which makes me really happy. This is about 16-year-old Frankie. She's a sophomore at an East Coast boarding school. She's kind of physically blossomed between the summer of her freshman and sophomore year, and she gets back to campus, and all of a sudden, all of these boys are noticing her, especially this really hot senior named Matthew, who she's always had a crush on. So it's about her relationship with Matthew, kind of, but it's more about this class that she's taking about protest and politics and how through that class she starts to come into her own feminism and sense of self and she wants to be seen as intellectual and somebody to be reckoned with and Matthew sees her as his cute sophomore girlfriend and she it's a, you know about the length she goes to prove her her intellect and 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 how she deals with her emerging feminism and this relationship at the same time it is fantastic it's fun but really smart it has the learning element the coming of age element the relationship element just a lot of things that people love about campus novels, and there's a secret society. So it's got everything. I need to read this one too. Yeah, you you would really, really like this one. And I think Frankie is a great YA narrator. She is, you know, she's got that teenage angst and trying to figure herself out. But I really love the way Lockhart writes her in that, you sometimes get frustrated with her, but you always really understand what her motivations are. And I appreciate that. It sounds so good. All right, Chelsea, do you have any YA campus novels that you love or want to read? So I actually, I have a couple that are some of my favorite young adult books of all time. And one of them, I believe I recommended this one on our episode about The Awakening, We Are Okay by Nina LaCour. I love this book so much. It is short. It is somewhat slow and quiet, but it it does take place on a campus, although the campus is barren. <laughs> the kids all <laughs> left for Christmas break. And so the main character is there by herself. And so, you know, maybe that means it's not a campus novel in the traditional sense, but I just think that, gosh, the setting is so beautiful. This book is sad, and seasonally, I just think it's a really good one to read in the fall or winter. I I think it is definitely a cool weather book, and I just, I love this one so much. I don't want to say too much about it because I already explained more in our Awakening episode, but I really love this one. I have been wanting to read this for a while now, and maybe I will pick it up this season if, if you say it's seasonally appropriate. Especially in the winter. If there's snow okay. on the ground, especially because Oh, it yes, is... she's there over her holiday break. Yeah, and there's a blizzard element, which I love nothing more than reading a book <laughs> about a blizzard or 
about it snowing when it's actually snowing outside. Oh, I love that. I alluded to a book that I think got me first hooked on campus novels in our intro discussion, and that book is Bloom Ability by Sharon Creech. Sharon Creech is one of those middle grade YA authors that I grew up loving. She also wrote Walk Two Moons, which I believe won the Newbery and is just a, a lovely book. And all of her characters, perhaps not all, but many of her characters are interconnected. So in Walk Two Moons, Sal, the main character, has a best friend who moved away, her best friend Dinny, and Dinny is the main character in Bloom Ability. And Dinny is kidnapped, she says, by her aunt and uncle and taken to a boarding school in Switzerland where her aunt and uncle are set to work. And she does not want to go at all. But of course, it's magical. It's a boarding school in Switzerland. And (laughs) she has a first crush. And there's a lot of in in all of Sharon Creech's books, I think there's always a hard thing that the protagonist is working through that you don't fully learn the realities of until later in the book and and that's the case that's very much the case here but the setting is is absolutely spectacular and I loved Dinny Dune the main character and all of her triumphs and challenges I know Annie Jones the owner of the bookshelf in Thomasville. She loves this book and she said that she reread it like at the beginning of quarantine and she'd been in a reading rut and this just got her reading again and reminded her of the magic of of literature. And so I picked it up from my mom's house when I was down there recently and I'm hoping to do a reread soon as well. I can't remember if I read this one. The cover seems so familiar to me. The title really fires in my brain, but I'm not sure. Maybe I'll have to read it and see if I remember reading it when I was younger. Yeah, I'll let you know if I do a reread, if I think adult Chelsea would would like it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The other young adult campus novel that I would like to recommend is Dear Martin by Nick Stone. And... I really love this book. Dear Justice is coming out this fall, and that's the sequel. So it's a really good time to pick up both books. Nick Stone is amazing. If you don't follow her on Instagram, I highly recommend doing so now. She's really a champion for young adult literature. So Dear Martin is about Justice McAllister, and at the very beginning of the book, he is put in handcuffs by a police officer and he really thought that because he goes to you know a boarding school he's the top of his class he wants to go to an ivy league school he sort of thought that he was exempt from um, police brutality but this really shakes him up and makes him realize that to to a police officer he is just a young black man and so he decides to start writing letters to Martin Luther King Jr. to reflect and investigate and sort of figure out you know 
how did this happen? What's my place in this world? I don't want to say too much more. There, This is a short book, but a lot happens and it's really jam-packed. But there is a really major school element to it. Justice has a great teacher who teaches debate. And those classroom scenes are some of my favorite from the book. And yeah, this is just really one of my favorites. And I think that Nick Stone is definitely a, not just a rising star. I think at this point, she's a shining star in the young adult literature universe. And this one's definitely worth picking up. And I'm so excited to read Dear Justice soon. I still haven't read Dear Martin. And... I need to get on that. You do. It would, I mean, it would take an afternoon and you might need some tissues, but it is, is really it good. Is it novel in verse or is it prose? Okay. okay. It's prose. Um, and I will say, I thought that the letters to Dr. King would play a much bigger part in the book than they do. There are a few of them, but um, it's not epistolary, so it's not just told through um, Justice's letters. Okay. I, yeah, I'm adding so many books to my list. I know, right me now. too. <laughs> we call these TBR topplers because that's what they do to us. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. Another fun fall mood is for many readers reading about witches and reading about magic and fortunately there are kind of an astonishing number of novels that take place on magical campuses this is something that I love I don't know if you're as into this genre as me I have to say it's one I'm kind of indifferent to there's one book on this list that I'm excited to read and that I will try but I was I feel I always hesitate bringing this up but I was not into the Harry Potter books as a kid I read the first two and I gave up and I have not finished the series and I just don't care to since so (laughs) but I feel like for a lot of readers that is the magical campus that sort of sparks a love of other magical campuses um I read the Lev Grossman Magicians series I read one of them and then I was kind of like, "Mm." so maybe you'll have to um, sell that one harder than I just did. (laughs) But so Naomi Novik has a new book coming out this fall that I'm excited about. And it is called A Deadly Education. And it's going to be a series. The series is called The Scholomance, I think like scholar necromancers I don't I don't know exactly (laughs) Um, I'm intrigued (laughs) but maybe I should just read this synopsis a little bit because I don't feel like I can explain it or do it justice so everyone loves Orion Lake everyone else that is as far as I'm concerned he can keep his flashy combat magic to himself I'm not joining his pack of adoring fans I don't need help (laughs) surviving the scholomance even if they do. I don't know what the Scholomance is, but I want to know, right? <laughs> yeah. And then the main character goes on to say, I'm probably the most dangerous thing in the place. Just give me a chance and I'll level mountains and kill untold millions. Make myself the dark queen of the world. 
And like, that's all I need to know. Yeah. This is a magical school. The other students, I guess, are training in combat magic. This main character wants to be the dark queen of the world. I'm here for it. That's all I need. (laughs) That sounds fantastic. And I love Naomi Novak's writing. So I am, I'm sold. I'm going to go through the ones I have on the list and try to sell them to you very quickly. I'll start with the magicians. Actually, put that one at the bottom of your list, Chelsea. But mm-hmm. if you do love Harry Potter, I don't know. On the on the blurb of this book, it's like Harry Potter for grown-ups, which I think is very misleading. These books are the magicians, they're they're dark, they're creepy. There's a lot of weird sex stuff in them. So and they're more like they're more Narnia than Harry Potter, right? Yes, totally. So there is a magic school and it's a college instead of a, you know, middle high school, secondary school. But it really is more about a Narnia-like world and kids who grew up reading and loving the Narnia books and then find out it's real as adults. I love the parts that deal with, first of all, like, what is it like to grow up reading books like Narnia and Harry Potter and loving those worlds, even almost believing in them as a kid, and then you're not chosen. You're just normal. It also looks at how a being in a world like that might mess someone up for a long time and, like, what kind of traumas a kid who got to go to Narnia might experience. And so I like those questions that Lev Grossman is is posing. Also, the writing gets better as the books go on. By book three, the way he describes the magic in the world is just incredible. Um, There's some stunning passages in this. Other kind of Harry Potter riffs carry on by Rainbow Rowell. Chelsea, I think you would really like this one. There is a lot more diversity in this book than Harry Potter, which I absolutely love. There's a queer romance that is really, it's enemies to lovers, which of course is fantastic. And the way they do magic is through language. So for example, a spell to find a lost thing might be saying needle in a haystack. And it's a lot about how, like, the power of language and the more things are said and repeated, the more power they have and the more they become part of consciousness and therefore can do magic, which I think is just a really cool way to talk about magic. Magic for Liars by Sarah Gailey is a mystery set at a magic school. Sarah Gailey is a non-binary author and... They talk about wanting to explore kind of these in-between spaces, these liminal spaces, and how people might present differently than they feel on they are on the inside. And I like the way they use magic to explore those themes. And then finally, A Discovery of Witches is a book about a woman who finds this magic book at the Radcliffe camera, which is the beautiful library in Oxford. She discovers she's a witch. There's time travel. She meets Shakespeare. I think you would really like that one. I do think that I would really like Carry On. A Discovery of Witches has been on my radar for a while. 
And I think part of what has deterred me is that it's a series and I'm notoriously terrible with reading series, but it does sound really good. And I think that one's a TV show now. Oh, yeah. Maybe you could just watch the show. I think it has a pretty good cast. I think I only read one and a half of them. And I'm okay with that sometimes. Like, Mm -hmm. for me, a lot of these books, I like the world and I like to, I'm okay with dipping in and out of it. And the story is sort of meh (laughs) to me. (laughs) I don't need to finish it. I just like to be, you know, at Oxford with some witches and then maybe meet Shakespeare and then I can move on with my life. (laughs) All right. I think that we should share just a couple of campus romances. This is not romance in the like romance novel sense. These are just books that feature a romantic element and take place on campus. Yes. In fact, I think most of these are pretty sad and don't necessarily have the happy ending, but we'll let you know which ones are romance romances and Mm -hmm. which ones are not. Real Life by Brandon Taylor, I can't completely review because it is nominated for the literary prize that I'm reading for, but I will give a brief description. It's about a microbiology graduate student who has been kind of on the outside of academia. He's black and queer and just hasn't found a a real home in his academic world. And then one weekend, he starts to let his guard down with another grad student. And it's very intense and sexy and really powerful book about belonging and love and being on the margins in that world. So Real Life by Brandon Taylor. That one's very high on my list to get a hold of and read soon. It sounds so good. It is. And I like the graduate school element too. It's a Mm -hmm. being in grad school is a very different way of being on a campus. You're kind of both part of it and not, which of course is very much a theme of this book, that in-between space. So yeah, it's a good one. I have to say that I really loved Normal People by Sally Rooney. And I feel like this is one that people either love or hate. (laughs) But I really enjoyed it in part because of the campus setting. Most of the novel takes place during Marianne and Connell's college years. It starts and they're at a high school, so school is definitely the backdrop for the entire book. But I really liked this one. I I mean, I think that there are valid critiques for what Rooney didn't do well, because part in part this book is about domestic abuse, but I mean, complicated relationship definitely not a romance in the traditional sense by any means. It's like kind of a toxic, toxic romance. But I I really, really liked Normal People. And I don't feel like I have to explain it too much because it's a hit TV show now. But I also liked the show. Me too. I liked both the book and the show. Her other book, Conversations with Friends, is also a campus novel. And a book that's on my TBR that sounds like it might 
scratch some of the like Sally Rooney itch is My Education by Susan Choi. She wrote Trust Exercise, which won the National Book Award last year. Also a campus novel. I started reading it. It takes place in a high school and there's kind of like a creepy teacher element and teaching in a high school that's mm. hard that that's a yeah. hard thing for me so even though I I could tell that Susan Choi's writing was something that I would really love I couldn't do trust exercise but my education is about a college student who thinks that she has feelings for her professor then realizes that actually those feelings might be for the professor's wife. And again, it sounds pretty toxic and dark, but I loved Choi's writing and I would really like to pick up my education soon. To lighten things up, I will recommend a book that is more of a romance. Have you read The Royal We by Heather Cox and Jessica Morgan? No, but I bought it recently and I have it on my like priority TBR for when I need something just so fun and sweet. I feel like you'll really like it, especially because it is at Oxford. So you'll get some Oxford memories. So this is a book inspired by the romance of Kate and Prince William. And it is about an American student who is living down the hall at Oxford from the future king of Great Britain. And they can't help but fall for each other, but when she's thrown into the spotlight, she's really taken aback, and all of a sudden it's this whole new world. And so they really have to navigate that. And so there are some moments in here that are directly about Kate and William's relationship, but a lot of it is just expanded upon and it's so much fun. I mean, I think that I read it in just a couple of days and couldn't put it down. The It's kind of a sequel, I think. The Air Affair came out recently and I haven't read that one yet, but I have it, so I will soon. But The Royal We is a lot of fun. I think that the Oxford setting for when they first meet and fall in love is excellent. And yeah, I think that this is definitely, definitely going to be a good one when you need a lighter read. We've talked a lot about Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell. So let's not go into that too much here. But that is another super sweet college campus romance with a bookish element and a coming of age story and a blizzard. I think there's a blizzard in that one, which you oh, yeah. love. Yeah. So if we haven't already sold you on Fangirl, I think it'd be a great campus novel for this time of year as well. When I was in college, there was a really bad blizzard that actually knocked the power out for our entire freshman dorm. And the heat went out and so we had to like borrow blankets from each other and (laughs) like huddle up like penguins for a weekend oh my gosh and so maybe that's where this whole blizzard thing comes from with campus novels (laughs) (laughs) probably that sounds so fun it was not the only blizzard that I dealt with because I went to I went to college in Minnesota so yes Snowy college days yes. are fond memories for me. So snow storms and college are linked in your 
in your mind and yes. memory. <laughs> I love that. Well, we have talked about a lot of books today. There are a lot more we didn't get to. I want to just share one that's high up on my TBR, which is On Beauty by Zadie Smith. And I've read more of Smith's essays than I have her novels, but her books are going to be classics for sure. And On Beauty takes place in a college town in Massachusetts, and it's about the intersections of race and class on college campuses. It gets rave, rave reviews, but it's not one that I've read, but I did just buy it from for myself from Bookshop, and I'm excited to read that one soon. One that I know is one of your favorite books, I think, of all time that I am definitely going to read soon is Never Let Me Go by Kazuo Ishiguro, and I'm really excited to read it. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) You know I love a book that asks the questions of like, what does it mean to be human? And this book does it beautifully with also a just great plot and completely original. So I I will be very curious to hear what you think of that. Of course, there are plenty of campus novels that we either missed or just didn't include today. So remember that you can check out novelpairings.com for a more complete blog post. But we would also absolutely love to hear your recommendations for campus novels. And you can share those with us on social media. Don't forget to subscribe to Novel Pairings wherever you download your podcast so that you don't miss an episode. And we would love to know whether you pick up any of the books we mentioned today. Another really good way to support the show is to share a recent episode with a friend or post about listening to us on social media. For more classic lit enthusiasm and podcast news, follow and tag us on Instagram at Novel Pairings Pod. Thank you to Michelle Timmons for her help on this episode and to Mark Anderson and Miles Eichner for our theme music. Next week, we'll be back with an episode on Love Medicine by Louise Erdrich. Until then, we declare after all, there is no enjoyment like reading. How much sooner one tires of anything than of a book.